What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Happier, Healthier Arkansas, where we bring on another person in the community going in on how we are doing what we got to do to help make Arkansas happier and healthier. So today I'm super excited for this episode. Um, we got myself, Dr. Chris, with the specific, and I brought a registered dietitian with me, one of my good friends, Nathan Slinkard with Nathan Slinkard Nutrition LLC, uh, based out of Maumelle and everything. And on today's menu, it's inflammation. Hot topic these days, going in on actually what really is inflammation and what's going on inside of our body, which is not just exclusive or inclusive to getting hurt. So before we dive into that kind of stuff, uh, I do want you guys to have an opportunity to get to know Nathan. So, Nathan, what's, a, what's one thing that you enjoy doing as just Nathan? What's one thing, what's one big thing people get out of your, uh, out of your care from, as a dietitian? Well, I, I changed the thing I like. I really like to go bowling. That's a big okay. thing. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I actually had a bowling scholarship uh, and paid for part of my college. So, yeah. What? So, yeah, when people see me on the lanes, they get a little scared. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Um, as a dietitian, I think something that makes me unique is I've invested training in being trauma-informed. So mm. trauma-informed is really kind of the opposite way that um, health practitioners often um, counsel clients. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they, they come at it like the expert of, I know what you need and I'm going to tell you what to do. Trauma-informed care has a lot more to do with um, being there for your client, uh, active listening, and being very mindful that you're number one, not gonna re-traumatize them. So you have to be aware of their history. And number two, you do, um, you know, you practice in a way that is safe and effective. Um, And so it's something that I really felt like I didn't get in college. And so I had to kind of educate myself and invest in trainings on that. So it's it's a different approach than you usually would see. That's awesome. Yeah, from what I've understood about your care is that it's very specific more towards what the person's been through and their behaviors and their habits, not just imposing some kind of diet onto them, which I would probably anticipate or assume that that's what most people perceive dietitians as. Like, hey, you're just going to tell me to go on Mediterranean or keto. Absolutely. And you're like, let's actually look at you as a a summation of experiences and interactions up to this point. Yeah. Where you started with me. Yeah, no, it's it's wonderful stuff. Um, So... Like I said, on the menu is inflammation, in which case a lot of us assume that inflammation means being inflamed, which is from an injury. And with that injury probably being something physical, you know, we roll an ankle and it swells up. It's inflamed, we put ice on it. But inflammation isn't actually just specific to that. It's not specific to an injury, um, scabbing your knee and rehealing. It's actually a process that goes on in every single one of our cells and it can impact all of our organs. And so being a dietitian, why, why, would, not, why would a brain-based nervous system chiropractor and a dietitian be talking about inflammation? It's because those are essentially the two root processes that are helping mitigate inflammation day in and day out. So from a, from a dietitian perspective, what's your take on inflammation uh, super broadly, and then yeah. we can kind of narrow our way made down of things. So yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. Well, I think most people, like you said, you know, inflammation is buzzword. People are, you know, recognizing that inflammation is at the root of so many different chronic diseases. Um, <clears throat> what we ingest is um, plays a huge role in whether we're experiencing inflammation. And uh, what, like we've talked about a lot is that what one person ingests might cause inflammation, may not 
cause inflammation for the next person. It's very unique to that person. Um, so I've been making some blog posts and I've got some talks coming up where I talk about the ultimate anti-inflammatory diet. And um, I'm also I'm al almost kind of making fun of it because there isn't one, right? Mm. Uh, it's personalized, so there isn't one true ultimate anti-inflammatory diet. Um, but we it's ult ultimate per person, <laughs> per person, but exactly. not for humanity. Yeah, exactly. So there's been a lot of studies, um, and people talk about anti-inflammatory diets, but you, when you realize in the the you know literature and and the studies that if they try to create one, it doesn't work so great. Even though we know individual foods and beverages can cause inflammation generally they can't figure out one mm. so why can't they figure it out because it's different for every person yeah so then if it's different for every person then what do we need to do on our end as just humans to be able to identify that stuff what's yeah yeah how do we unravel this it's a perfect question yeah. yeah and there's kind of two things one is to um try on your own kind of a shot in the dark <laughs> try different things see how you feel and then a second option would be to take a test mm. which isn't so easy it's tricky um, the most kind of popular tests out there um, are extremely limited in what they're measuring and aren't really respected and mm. they're igg tests um, which measures a type of uh, mechanism that could cause inflammation um, however it can also uh, prevent uh, inflammatory reactions. Mm. So what, what is, I mean, people, they hear IgG, they're like, I don't have no clue what that is. <laughs> so what, real quick, what is IgG? Yeah, so IgG stands for immunoglobulin G. Um, most people, when they think of a reaction or sensitivity to food, they think of what? What would you say? When, it, when you think of food allergy, what do you think of? Well, I mean, I'm a perfect example of that. I'm allergic <laughs> to about everything on the sun, uh, especially nuts. Let's all tree nuts and peanuts and ironically things with big pits like avocado. So yeah. no guac for me. Um, but yeah, nut allergies, in which case you have anaphylaxis. Yeah. Uh, that would be IgE. You beat me to it. Yep. Mediated response. Uh, exactly. And so we're, what we're talking right now about is inflammation. Yeah. And one of the markers for that is IgG. Exactly. Um, yeah. So what, what were you about to say about Yeah, that's that? perfect. Which always stings when I'm trying to give you a nutrition advice because you're like, well, Nathan, I can't have that. <laughs> I can't have that. I'm like, dang it. Um, so there's four uh, hypersensitivity pathways. Um, and IgE is the one that most people think of. And that's when you might have anaphylaxis. Even though within food allergies, that's kind of rare, it can happen that's yeah. life-threatening. Yep. Um, it's immediate. Yep. You ingest nuts, that's an antigen, and that reacts, and our body perceives that as a threat. And then um, you have that pathway. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what most people think of. It's immediate, it could be hives, it could be nausea, um, and that's immediate, it's life-threatening. Yeah. Then you have two other hypersensitivity pathways related to food, and that's three and four. Mm. Um, IgG is involved in three, only one of the other pathways, so it's limited, and it's only one of many mechanisms that could be causing a delayed reaction. So it's, it's pretty interesting, these delayed uh, immune system reactions can be caused up to 72 hours after ingesting a food. So they're mm. quite a bit different than wow. IgE. So if I'm getting this right, it sounds to me that inflammation is connected with our immune system. Our immune system, the response to us putting something into our body that might trigger our immune system yeah. would then lead to inflammation. Yeah. So 
prior you had mentioned that uh, one of the ways to kind of figure out, okay, what's causing me inflammation, what's causing my immune system to flare up might be trial and error at home. What are some signs and symptoms that people might be experiencing as a result of my body being triggered by something I just ate? Yeah, that's a great question. So some signs and symptoms, it's, it's a little tough. It's a little tricky because they can that's happen. That's not like anaphylaxis. Right, that's, that's not, not that, right. that crazy. IG, reaction. you'll know. You know, oh, IG, yeah. you'll know pretty much <laughs> yeah, immediately. Yeah, um, It's a little trickier when you have a delayed reaction, but it could happen all over the body. Uh, so systemic inflammation can cause skin issues. It can cause uh, more mental, psychological issues, so anxiety, brain fog, um, a lot of gastrointestinal issues, so it could cause diarrhea, constipation, um, all kinds of different things, general malaise and fatigue. Um, but yeah, and so going back again to why this occurs, it's our body is perceiving a threat um, that's not a threat. Mm. So a food like peanuts mm -hmm. shouldn't cause a reaction in someone, whether it's immediate or if it's non-IgE mediated and it's delayed. Mm -hmm. um, that, that reaction is our body's trying to destroy this, what it sees as foreign invader. And by doing so, it's causing these inflammatory symptoms like headaches and digestive issues. So the symptoms are signals that my body's trying to say is, we don't want this thing in here anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So it's fighting a little mini internal warfare yeah. in our body. And for us, we experience that as symptoms. Yep. But now in today's society, symptoms have been so normalized that they're like, oh yeah, I get, I get headaches. I get, um, I have skin issues. I have, I'm tired all the time. I can't sleep, but everybody else can't sleep either. So it's good. And they don't understand that what's causing symptoms is actually a warfare going on in their body because of what they're putting in, yep. what they're putting into our body. Yeah. And going in on that, what foods, what is the impact that food is having on inflammation itself? Like if I have the category inflammation, how much of an impact is food um, having that's causing inflammation? Is it the root cause? That's a, that's a fantastic question. It has a significant, significant impact on inflammation. Now, lots of things can cause inflammation, um, but um, research shows, especially for certain inflammatory gut conditions, that at least maybe 50% of people with IBS, for instance, have a non-IG-mediated food allergy, mm. uh, AKA food sensitivity. So it can, uh, for some of these conditions, other things can be contributing factors or they can be co-occurring. So if food is causing inflammation, uh, certain types of foods, plus you have bacterial imbalances in the gut, plus you have stress, that perfect storm can cause massive issues um, massive issues in people. And then there's some, there's certainly some very general things about food um, and uh, things that are, tip, they're just always inflammatory, right? Tobacco, mm. alcohol, right. abuse. Right. Um, why wouldn't you want to ingest uh, oil, cooking oil that's past its smoke point? Mm. Why? Well, it's, it's been, <laughs> uh, it has all these toxic compounds that's released, right? Okay. Um, which is another example of why we need to be careful about the like cooking oils that we're using. So it doesn't have to reach its smoke point. Of course, if it does, don't consume that oil, mm. uh, but it doesn't even have to reach the smoke point for the oxidative stability um, to be messed up and you're still ingesting inflammatory compounds. So there's a lot when it comes to uh, food causing inflammation, um, but what's so interesting about a kind of immune system reaction to food 
is that um, people that are having these issues have them at a significantly higher rate. So there's been a lot of studies to show do people, do healthy people have food sensitivities? Mm. Rarely. Mm -hmm. Do sick people have food sensitivities, especially the IBS, fibromyalgia, migraines? Absolutely. So then so. it's like, are they sick because what came first? Yeah. The food sensitivity or the sickness? Am I, yeah. I'm sick, therefore now I'm experiencing food sensitivities, or I have a food sensitivity and because I keep eating that food, yeah. that's causing the sensitivity, now I'm sick. I think, and this is again, that's a, that's a great question, the chicken and the egg argument when it comes to these things. Like We don't know yet for mm. a certain extent. I do think that stress is a massive trigger um, for that and the food sensitivities could often be a result of that. So I think mm. the triggering stress event, maybe a viral infection, things like that, tend to trigger these reactions. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know we have intestin intestinal permeability and then you have these issues. Um, so when you address the food sensitivities and you have a decrease in inflammation, um, it can make a huge difference. But you're right, what, what caused that? Yeah, one yeah. thing that popped in my head, so you're talking about oils, right. talking about oils that we cook with. And oil is a fat, there's two types of fat. You have mega-3s, mega-6s, and one is anti-inflammatory, one is inflammatory. And majority of the ones that are inflammatory are the vegetable oils, like the seed oils. What, what are like some super inflammatory oils off the top yeah, of your head? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, very good question. And those are your two types of unsaturated, polyunsaturated fats. You even have your monounsaturated and your saturated too. So yeah. there's so many, there's so many. So there's like, even omega-9s. There's right, so many different wow. types of fats. But yeah, omega-6s. Um, you know, like canola oil, vegetable What are the other ones yeah. that are not good for us? Uh, soybean oil. Uh, safflower, corn oil is is okay, but what's interesting when you measure um, when you heat these oils, uh, toxic compounds, so free radicals, which yep. we know have yep. an impact Mass on inflammation. Yeah, yes, inflammation. That's really what it is. Yeah, and so canola oil tends to be, especially if it's not the high oleic type, um, then you're looking at a lot of inflammation, uh, and a lot of inflammatory compounds when you ingest it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's mm. controversial. You know, there's still still people that are very, um, you know, on the canola oil bandwagon of, you know, this is the best oil or something like that. When you look at oxidative stability, it's the worst. Mm. And whereas the best being your olive oil, avocado oil, yeah. things like that. So, so uh, for people who heard the term free radical, oxidative stability, probably also being like, okay, we don't know what this is, what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you heard, I'm sure people listening to this probably heard that blueberries are antioxidants. What does yeah. that mean? Yeah. Um, when we create, when our cells, our little tiny, teeny tiny cells, we're composed like 300 billion of them, trillion. When a teeny tiny cell makes a unit of energy, there is a byproduct. That byproduct is something that's called a free radical. When that free radical is left alone, it can cause inflammation in that energy factory. What we need is uh, hydrogen essentially from water to help kind of neutralize that and then it goes through the process of getting eliminated uh, through our body uh, with our kidneys and our liver and everything. So the compounds that help create that are contained within like blueberries for example, in which case blueberries are antioxidants. Those free radicals cause oxidative stress, essentially stress on my cells. So by taking the blueberries for example, that is an antioxidant so it's helping fight the oxidative stress at the cellular level. What's crazy though, 
is that some people might have a food sensitivity to blueberries. Yep. So blueberries are supposed to be a super anti-inflammatory thing, yeah. but yeah, there's people out there that are eating blueberries and they're not feeling better. That's kind of where this MRT test comes into play. That's yep. where getting objective which, with identifying what is causing the inflammation unique to this individual, how can we be objective about it and actually get a snapshot in your body of what's causing this inflammation. Now we objectively know, okay, this is no go to eat, this is go specific to your body. Can you explain this yeah. test, what's MRT, Absolutely. how does it work and everything? Yeah, it stands for the mediator release test. So when we're talking about these pathways, um, they're, it, mediators released are you know, involved in each of these pathways. So with IgE, there's mediators being released, histamine, prostaglandin, cytokines, they're causing the inflammation, they're causing the symptoms. So if I have, if I have the term inflammation, yeah. now the subgroup, what is the actual what are the inflammatory things? You just mentioned histamine, yes, yep. prostaglandin, mm -hmm. um, yeah. different kinds of interleukins. there's all kinds of different Yeah, so, yeah, so all these little things. These, yeah. this is, these are words for what's going on in our cells, yeah. and to sum them up, that's what's causing inflammation in our yeah. body. So foods yeah. are causing that to get released in the spaces that they're not supposed to be released in. Exactly. All right, keep going. Yeah. MRT yeah. test. MRT. So it's an amazing way to measure. It's an endpoint test. So what it's looking at is um, type 3 and type 4 hypersensitivity pathways. Okay. So this isn't going to measure IgE. Okay. That's Reason, the anaphylaxis. Right. Anaphylaxis potentially yeah. causing things. That's, that's because, nuts. yeah, exactly. That's my yeah. That's, yep. that's a different type, and there's, you know, skin prick testing, and there's different types of tests for that. Um, but that's involved with mast cells, and that's separate. You know, that's different. We're yeah. doing this in a thunderstorm, Storms ladies and gentlemen. out here is like crazy. <laughs> yeah, we just had a big old thunderbolt. <laughs> Clinic's doing good, though. <laughs> Um, so type 3 and type 4, so no matter what's going on, it's, it's measuring all of the mediators, every single mm. thing that could be causing inflammation, mm. and it's quantifying it. So it's saying how much uh, mediators are being released, which are causing inflammation, for each of these foods. 176 foods and food chemicals. Mm. So you bring up, I like the blueberry example. I yeah. love the nightshades, which are tomatoes, mm. potatoes, um, uh, bell peppers, things like that, eggplant. Uh, people on one side say, well, they're inflammatory. Other people say, how could they be inflammatory? They have tons of antioxidants. Antioxidants right. reduce inflammation. Well, um, f especially for arthritis, there's a lot of reports, there's some research suggesting that they might um, be causing issues with, especially with arthritis. But for the most part, I'm telling people to eat these foods. When you mm. do the MRT test on someone that has evidence of inflammation, um, it's going to tell you. It's mm -hmm. going to tell you what you're reacting to and how extensively you're reacting to it. So one food, like tomatoes, could cause inflammation in one person, um, and it could not. It could yeah. actually decrease inflammation, which is crazy. So it seems like, well, first off, is this MRT test, is it blood, is it saliva, is it urine? How are we finding out this? It's a blood test. Blood test, yep. so, so the people take it at home, or that to go somewhere to get it done? Uh, so we'll s I send them a test, and then they take that to wherever they get blood done. Then they'll get a blood oh, okay. draw, and it's sent off. Uh, results come back pretty quickly, and then it's a wonderful way for me to not do a shot in the dark, right? Yeah. Elimination diets, a, a good example is the autoimmune protocol. Sometimes people call it the autoimmune paleo diet. Um, it's a shot in the dark, and research mm. is mixed on it. Uh, it removes a whole lot of foods, and it's got a little bit of success with like ulcerative colitis, no success with thyroid issues like Hashimoto's. Um, because who knows, the things that it's uh, keeping in your diet, the things you're eating, what if the, you're reacting to it? So right. I think that's uh, a, a 
huge issue with the test or with the with that kind of diet. So MRT is able to personalize it. How uh, how many people in Arkansas are licensed with administering and um, analyzing the react or the, the MRT? Um, results yeah. yeah, from MRT. Is so it just you? Uh, no, there's <laughs> others out there. So uh, certified leap therapists. There's not a, there's not that many in Arkansas. There's mm. really few. But there's a there's a handful of us and. I don't know anyone that hasn't had major success with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why uh, you know we're dietitians is that there's so much personalization with nutrition and food. It takes a nutrition professional to be able to uh, kind of you know communicate the results from that test, and not only just tell someone, well, this is probably what we we can eat, but also coach them on you know how to reintroduce foods and what else to do while while doing that. So I think it's a great tool. Mm. You know, it, it evaluates. Um, the food sensitivities, mm-hmm. and we've talked a lot about how I, I've always specialized in IBS, yeah, um, and with irritable bowel syndrome, which makes up about twenty percent of PCP visits are wow. related to IBS. So, okay. a one in five. Uh, I know about the dysbiosis, so the bacterial imbalances in the gut with IBS. I know about the nervous system, hypersensitive nerves in the gut causing more pain with IBS. Mm. I know about food intolerances, like low FODMAP. Food sensitivity was there in the literature, and I always like scratched my head on that when I was in school about what are they talking about? How is how is inflammation? Because it's not usually categorized as inflammatory. Mm. But there's an inflammatory compo- component to IBS, and it's really really helpful for my for my clients that have IBS. Um, how long have you been licensed in or uh, been certified in MRT? Uh, just since May. Since yeah. May, so this yep. is a reason for you. Yeah, and, and it's blown up my private practice. People are most interested in this, mm-hmm. and we're seeing like tremendous success. Uh, I don't think I anticipated the success um, that when I got into it. I saw it as this is going to be a great tool, and now it's it's so effective. It's the piece. Super helpful. It's yeah. piece the, but what's yeah. what's been some of those kind of cases? The what have been some of the dramatic changes that you've seen in a short time with people getting this test, finally knowing what has caused my body to mm-hmm. react. Uh, unfavorably, yeah. what's causing my body to actually integrate this stuff the way it's supposed to? What what have been those those dramatic changes that you're able to see in such a short time? Because it's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. Well, we have one person who had gone through every single test, and this is almost everyone that mm, that right. I meet with these yeah. things, or even before this. Usually, they've gone through a colonoscopy, an endoscopy. They've had a food IgE allergy test. Um, they've done. Uh, gastric, you know, gastric emptying tests. They've done the works. They've mm-hmm. done so many different tests. They all come back quote unquote negative, but they know there's something else wrong. Well, none of those tests are measuring food sensitivities. Mm-hmm. Um, so this person was having, um, they just knew something wrong. They've lost 60 pounds, um, you know, with kind of unexplained weight loss of, you know, why are they feeling so horribly? So they would eat something and a few hours later, maybe the next day, they feel awful, dry heaving, tired, um, gastrointestinal distress. Um, yeah, brain fog, big time. This person has never ever experienced that before. Mm-hmm. Just not feeling themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, did the MRT test, and he was low reactive, uh, or kind of moderately reactive to a ton of different foods. So there wasn't one specific thing that was causing a huge reaction. Well, number one, it's been difficult for him. He has no idea, you know, what's been causing right. that. So by you know using this information, we're finally getting some answers, and he's feeling much better when he's implementing these. Um, you know, food protocols, and it is amazing how immediate that relief is. Some people, it takes a little bit longer right. for our body to get used to that anti-inflammatory kind of eating pattern, but what's really awesome is when people immediately feel significantly better. Yeah. Um, and then, 
guess what? Accidentally ingested four of the food chemicals that he was having issues with. Mm-hmm. Symptoms came back a few hours later and then throughout the next day. Just felt awful. Mm-hmm. And so wow. we're, the point of MRT is to uh, craft an elimination diet and reintroduce eventually as many foods back in as possible. I never want to restrict someone's diet. Right. It's absolutely necessary for some people and then we're going to get things back in. We're going to test them one at a time and see how much of it he can tolerate mm. and uh, what foods, maybe there's a, a food or class of food that he needs to avoid more long-term, mm-hmm. but it's constantly reintroducing and seeing what we can tolerate. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. It's super cool what, what you're doing out there. Um, before we uh, wrap this up, uh, two questions that came in my head. First off, it's actually more of a story, but first time I met Nathan was in this office uh, late January, so I just moved here from California and we were on a similar Zoom call and then we got connected and came out here. And the bomb that you dropped on me when we were linking up for the first time was that we are supposed to have 300 different types of foods per year yeah. for the to maximize the health of our gut. And I'm like, I was at a point where I was still very, um, very, I don't know what the word, stagnant or robotic with my eating, <laughs> just eating the same thing every <laughs> single day. And that, that was eye-opening to me. I was like, man, I need to diversify my eating intake and for the better and everything. So that was a bomb. Um, but what's also cool is that actually spices can count as one of those, that pursuit Anti- to 300. Yeah, absolutely. We had mentioned that the anti-inflammatory, antioxidant capacity of spices is amazing. Mm. It really is really yeah. cool. Yeah. Putting some spices in your eggs. Um, what are, to kind of wrap this up, <laughs> obviously it's tough to speak in generic terms because we essentially said that generic terms aren't working for people because they might be food insensitive to it. But what are kind of top three go-to foods, majority of the time speaking, that can help reduce inflammation in our body? Or maybe potentially three things to just not to avoid. Well, three things that are anti-inflammatory for it generally is uh, omega-3 rich foods for sure. Salmon, if you get brave, and I saw you eating sardines, you know, sardines are wonderful source of omega-3s and calcium. Um, You already mentioned berries, you know, blueberries, strawberries are are wonderful and leafy greens, Mm. especially, you know, the darker leafy greens, the Mm -hmm. kale, the spinach. If you don't like like that, throw it in the smoothie. Spinach doesn't change the taste, it just changes the color of the smoothie. Um, And then, yeah, things to avoid. yeah, tobacco, alcohol is for sure two yeah. huge ones. Um, but sugar, you know, sugar is found in a lot of different things. Um, it's not that we have to cut it out absolutely completely, but trying to avoid the added sugars. So mm. things like sodas and things where you're having a wa- whopping amount of sugar. Yeah. Um, Americans are consuming like 60 pounds of sugar a year. And uh, yeah, it's causing a lot of inflammation. Yeah, it is. Yeah, sugars. Um refined carbohydrates, anything processed, factory-based. If you're shopping at a grocery store, make sure it's got less than five ingredients. Easiest way to uh, see if something's healthy or not healthy. Or if you, or if there's a word that you can't pronounce, that's probably something not to buy. So that being said, this has been a pleasure. Won't be the last time. There's a lot of concepts to go in on, on how food can be causing a lot of things in your life. But we're going to keep it short and tight because probably driving somewhere to and fro that only lasts about 20, 25 minutes. And therefore, we're going to wrap this episode up. Nathan, absolute pleasure. As always, excited to see how this looks and everything. And hopefully you guys got some good stuff out of this, something to apply at home and everything. 
that being said, enjoy. Uh, thanks for joining us on the journey of making Arkansas a happier and healthier place.